Have your Bibles, if you will, and you can follow as I read from that which is inerrant, infallible, inspired. It's the very mind of God as black words found on a white page. So you follow as I read uh, out of 1 Corinthians 11. I'll read beginning at verse 23. It says this. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup. After supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, that endures forever. Guys, um, the, the only other place in the New Testament, besides the, uh, the three gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the only other place where we get any data or any instructions concerning the Lord's Supper, or this sacrament, is right here in 1 Corinthians 11, given to us by the Apostle Paul. The, the, the gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke were never intended to be instructional. They're more devotional in nature than instructional, but this passage is designed to instruct. It was evoked from the the Apostle Paul. His his hand was forced because in the early church at Corinth, uh, the church began to abuse this sacrament. And so he had to write um, some instructions in the hopes of trying to um, eliminate some of the excesses and address the chaos that existed in Corinth over this supper. Guys, there's still chaos. There's still just a wide divergence of opinion about, about this sacrament. Um, let me mention a couple of three things. Take, for instance, the frequency. That is, the frequency uh, with or that this sacrament should be offered. The, the, the church varies widely about just, just that. Uh, you can find people saying that you should uh, participate in the Lord's Supper daily. There are others who suggest it should be weekly. There are others, including Grace Evan, that uh, offer it monthly. Um, there are those who suggest that quarterly would be appropriate. Uh, I even heard of one church here in the city who offers it quarterly, but only on Wednesday nights. Um, then there are those who suggest uh, biannually or even annually. So take your pick. <laughs> I mean, it is, what, what is appropriate? Well, um, I, I would draw your attention to this. If you'll notice in the text, in verse 25 and 26, you find the word often. It's mentioned in verse 25, and as often as you, as you drink this cup. I mean, it, it seems that in the, in the mind of the apostle Paul, that the Christian church would be observing this sacrament often. 
Now, now this is just an opinion, but I think you'll probably agree. Um, uh, if you're offering this sacrament biannually, that hardly seems to qualify as often, at least in my mind. But is monthly often enough? Sure hope so. But I'll give you another reason why, why I think the church should come down on the side of often as opposed to seldom. Guys, uh, of all the, the Sundays in the month, the one that you ought to make sure that you're here, the one that you ought to, to go to extremes to get here, is this one. Is, um, is, is the Sunday where we observe the Lord's Supper. And for this reason, you can be sure that on these Sundays, you are going to get a very needed and poignant reminder of the very centerpiece of Christianity. The broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. You know, my sermons, uh, they may be hard to understand or, God forbid, boring or maybe confusing, but, but, but this is not. This is not hard to understand, ladies and gentlemen. And so every time we offer you this sacrament, you are being confronted, we are being confronted with a simple, the essence of the Christian message, which has to do with the person and work of Jesus Christ. We can talk until we're blue in the face about baptism and about eschatology and about marriage, and they are important issues, folks. But at the heart of Christianity is a very simple proclamation. And it has to do with what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. And that is represented very simply, very purely in this sacrament. Here's another item that (laughs) seems to confuse the the various parts of Christendom. Um, In in this passage in 1 Corinthians 11, it's very clear that this sacrament is to be open to all Christians. Um, Not just a few who dare to call themselves priests. Guys, um, no matter how trained or untrained you may be, or literate or illiterate, or rich or poor, all Christians are to be invited to participate in this sacrament. You are not being called to sightsee. You are not being called to watch others. That cup is supposed to be drunk by all those who name the name of Christ, not just... Not just a few. You are called to participate. Not watch me participate. And all Christians who participate are doing the same thing. They are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. One other item, and and, and then we'll move on. But gang... It is in the the common practices of eating and drinking. We know how to do that. We know how to eat and we know how to drink. (laughs) 
It is in the common practices of eating, drinking, and eating and drinking very common elements where the Lord's death is proclaimed. That bread is only bread. And the contents, that's only a cup, and the contents of that cup are the same contents when they're going down your throat as they were when they were poured into this cup. It is bread and nothing but bread and and, and juice and nothing but juice. It doesn't become that or become something else by some kind of magical transformation of simple elements into something else. Guys, it is simply in these common elements and in doing a common thing of eating and drinking that we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Guys, with with those three distinctions in mind, um, I hope you see what Paul says about the the intent of this sacrament. He says it in the the last part of, of verse 26. He says, as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The great united voice of the Christian church is to be lifted up to proclaim the Ten Commandments. No. The great united voice of the Christian church is to be lifted up to proclaim the the need to be baptized. No. The, 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 The Great united voice of the Christian church is to be lifted up to to proclaim the terrors of hell. No. We are to lift and unite our voices to proclaim the death of Jesus Christ until he comes. Guys, um, we gather around this table in a minute. And by our so doing, we are, we are saying that we are glad that Jesus died. Glad? Yes, glad. We're glad, ladies and gentlemen, because we understand that there is no other remedy for our sin other than the one to be found in his sufferings and death. Ladies and gentlemen, the death of Jesus Christ was not a tragedy It was a triumph because there's no other way other than the death of God's Son that you and I might find forgiven sin. He had to die. He was born to die. And he died willingly so that you and I might have a remedy for our sin. So, my brother and sister in Christ, you who, do you belong to this Savior? Is Jesus Christ your Savior? Then join me. Join, we, join me as we together proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.